Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's November 29th, 1997, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. During a 60-year lifespan, the now recently demolished Robert F. Kennedy Memorial Stadium in Washington, D.C. was ordinarily a home for the city sports teams. But if you'd attended it today in history in 1997, you'd have seen a very different spectacle. A mass marriage ceremony featuring something in the region of 28,000 couples in suits and white dresses presided over by an elderly Korean couple in robes and gold crowns. And spectacle is the right word for it. It was overseen by the Reverend Sun Myung Moon and his wife Hak Jahan Moon, them of the Moonies. We'll come back to explain what the Moonies are. But it showed what the Washington Post called a flair reminiscent of old Broadway musicals, this event, because they wore crowns and identical gold-trimmed white robes, held hands and descended a long red-carpeted staircase, flanked by more white-robed attendants. And then after this sprinkling of symbolic water, they led the couples to say, I do. And it's worth mentioning at this point that some of these people were strangers up to this point. And that's because they were members of the Moonies. I mean, Moonies is a derogatory term, I suppose we should say. They call themselves the Unification Church. But if you're a member of the Unification Church, which was founded by Moon, who was 77 years old at this point, then you have to confirm under oath that you're a virgin on your wedding day. And after your wedding that you will refrain from sexual relations for a minimum of 40 days from this date. So it doesn't sound like a tremendously attractive thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) We can explain some of the apparent mystery of that by the fact that the vast majority of the couples attending on this day were already legally married, some for decades, and most of them weren't Moonies at all. The event was billed as an interfaith celebration of marriage. Despite this non-denominational pitch, the Moons led the couples in pledges that explicitly committed them and their families to the Unification Church. This bait and switch is basically Moonies recruitment practice in a nutshell. But the big draw for those with no connection to the church was Whitney Houston, who was reportedly due to collect $1 million for a scheduled 45-minute gig at the post-marriage party, the reception, if you will, although she unfortunately pulled out at the last minute, so they had to make do with non-Whitney Houston act and a firework display. So, I mean, how you felt about this probably depended on what you paid for your ticket, because the ticket prices started at $35 a head, later reduced to $40 a couple, and finally they were given away to fill the stadium. Well, this was the thing, that to an extent, part of what they were trying to do was put on a big PR show because this was, after all, an effort to raise the profile of the Unification Church. And so they really needed to hit a number that even plausibly could look like it vaguely filled the stadium. And so that's why they came up with these inducements of a big concert by Whitney Houston, who was actually scheduled to play. She wasn't just a draw card that never existed. She did actually pull out just two hours before the concert was meant to take place. Yeah. And what's not clear, by the way, is whether she pulled out because this coincided, actually, unfortunately, with her becoming very dependent on hard drugs, or 
whether she'd suddenly developed a conscience because there was this incredible pressure on her to pull out. People saying, do you realise who you're singing to? And actually, it's quite possible she didn't realise who she was singing to and the shady business that Moon had been involved with over the decades prior to this. Just prior to the ceremony, there was a little bit of consternation around the fact that some of the couples, at least, uh, having been introduced via the church, had to be taken aside into these little tents to be counselled by church experts because they didn't really know what they were signing up to and hadn't met the person until that day. And some of them weren't even meeting their intended on the day. Because the Moonies had a habit of pairing up couples from different parts of the world, some of them were carrying nothing more than a photo of their intended, who they're being married to kind of by proxy. Everything that the Unification Church did publicly, it's easy to see it both ways. On the one hand, yes, it's quite nice, this kind of predisposition for bringing together cross-cultural pairs, because the apparent mission statement of the church is to bring the world together in peace. But of course, the practical side of that is that you have couples that often share no common language at all. So what kind of relationship are they going to have in the early days, apart from their devotion to the church, which we keep calling a church, but really is a cult. And most people looking at the way they recruit would describe it as a cult or at least in in the same breath as something like Scientology. And so you can see the whole thing as bringing people together in peace, but you can also see the whole thing as a deeply sinister way of generating more cash for the Moon family. I mean, this business of having giant mass subscription weddings originated in Korea, like the faith itself. And in the old days, Moon himself used to make the pairings on the day. His followers used to believe that his decisions were based on his ability to see their future descendants. Yeah, I actually interviewed one of the people who was protesting on this day, a guy called Stephen Hassan, who had been recruited to the Moonies by one of the practices that was love bombing. He He was approached as a student by three attractive young women and taken on this 40-day retreat and cut off from his friends and family and kind of brainwashed. But he thought he was going off with them in the hope of dating one of them. He thought it was a social thing. He subsequently got out of the cult and dedicated the later part of his life to being a cult deprogrammer, finding people who have been uh, taken into cults and trying to get them out of cults, but also leading protests against the Moonies themselves. And he was there on the day basically leading this group outside of the stadium of not very many people, holding up posters and shouting, Moon esta loco and this wedding is a sham. Yeah, this is very much the Moonies modus operandi. They are infamous for luring people in through seemingly non-religious events, workshops, concerts, civic groups, etc. And it was easily done because the church became extremely wealthy and was quietly invested into a vast range of stuff, you know, from ballet halls to sports teams, movie studios, the US seafood industry it was heavily invested into. Major supplier of tuna, I believe. <laughs> yes, it was very, I mean, you know, come along with me to a tuna tasting with definitely no religious undertones, you might say, to a friend who you were trying to convert. And then, of course, using this love bombing technique to emotionally overwhelm prospective converts. And obviously this technique especially effective on the emotionally vulnerable. You know, it was a, a 1979 study of the first generation of American converts. They noted a higher than average likelihood of drug abuse, psychiatric problems and previous religious conversions in their history. As Sun Myung Moon understood himself, I mean, when he started the Unification Church, it was because he said that he'd been visited by Jesus, who told him to carry on his work on earth, stuff that he wanted to do, but got interrupted by the crucifixion. And he basically morphed that message into creating a sex cult. Mm. I mean, literally went around telling people, 
God told me to sleep with this 17-year-old girl. So that's how we're going to start continuing his work to begin with. And then what was interesting is when the religion moved to the United States, it became quite puritanical, but still ultimately using sex as leverage. Yeah, and at the core of Moon's sense that he was continuing Jesus's work was this idea that specifically what Jesus had been interrupted in doing was marrying and having a family. And that's why these big events, these huge marriage events came to be justified as a way to try to bring more people into this sacred union of marriage, which as Moon believed and espoused was the only way to remove the whole concept of original sin symbolized by Eve's temptation by Satan. But the only way to do that, to turn people back to being good people rather than bad people, was to marry them. And then invest their money into a golf resort yeah. and a construction <laughs> right. group and the New Yorker Hotel and a Brazilian football team and then go to prison on tax evasion charges. That's definitely what Jesus would have done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, Jesus would definitely have lived in a home much like the Moon's US base in upstate New York, which included a ballroom, dining room containing a pond and waterfall and six pizza ovens. It was so interesting interesting though they came to the US at the exact right time you know in the 1970s that they were able to take the public perception of the church very rapidly from you know initially this was a time when you know the media dubbed him the loony moony you know but then because their thing was about creating pure families and the fact that Reverend Moon himself was a fervent anti-communist he'd briefly been imprisoned in North Korea for his preaching at the beginning of his career that they managed to then make themselves a bit of a right-wing darling in the states as well one of the first things he did in the US was calling on his followers to support Nixon during Watergate. Mm. So they then ended up having this oddly acceptable position within US politics. Yeah, he was fated by numerous American presidents as a cultural representative, even though he believes he is the Messiah. And he managed to sneak a lot of beliefs that appealed to a lot of disparate people into what seemed like a, a wholesome, slightly hippie-ish 50s, 60s kind of movement as you say he could be anti-communist for nixon he could bring elements of confucianism and korean folk religions to western audiences by wrapping it up into christianity he preached as well he believed that jews needed to repent for causing the holocaust because they killed jesus he had a very sharp mind for pr and that includes like blatant lies there was a huge battle over numbers and They'd claimed at one point at their height to have three million members around the world. Historians now reckon it was more like 50,000. <laughs> Seems like they could fool everyone except Whitney Houston. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow. May have felt underwhelming at the time, but if only they'd known, that would go on to be a pretty favourable result. <laughs> yeah. Ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospectors. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 